Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Laconia campus. If you have your Bible with us, turn to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. We're going to take a look at three different passages this morning. But if you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 3. And it's the baptism of Jesus coming to the Jordan. But before we get going, I want to set the scene for you. I want to, I want to set some of the context because John the Baptist is baptizing in the Jordan. And John the Baptist was baptizing people because they were repenting of their sin. They were repenting because the kingdom of God was near. And John the Baptist was speaking and teaching, and people came to him to be baptized. I want to make sure you understand that because John the Baptist was preparing the way for people to meet, to know, to hear about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. So as he was baptizing, he baptized in water. As he was baptizing, he was calling them to come forward to repent. Draw really to the kingdom of God was near was the phrase. And so they were coming forward. But he had some disciples that were with him, some students that he was teaching, some disciples that were following him. And I love this moment before we pick up really the baptism of Jesus is John the Baptist is teaching them and he says to his disciples, look, it's an understanding here. I don't want you to follow me. This is my understanding. I want you to follow the Lamb of God. And he points, and he, he points to Jesus in this encounter and says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Who takes away the sin of the world. So he says, look, don't follow me. Follow him. So I often share as a, as a youth pastor, my understanding is, I'm like John the Baptist. I teach our teenagers and the adults and the parents and the families we get to know, don't follow me. Don't, don't do as I say and do. Do as we, if you will, look to Jesus and what he does. Don't do as I do, but look to what Jesus does. And as John the Baptist prepared the way for people to look to Jesus, so my role as a pastor on staff, as a youth pastor, is to point to Jesus. So people looked at him, stop following me and follow him. And his disciples began to follow Jesus as John introduced them to him. And this is where we're going to pick it up. This is actually verse 3, verse 11, and we're going to pick it up at 13 in a second. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Wow, it's a, a heart striking verse. The Lamb of God, meaning Jesus Christ, will come and take away the sins of the world. He will take those that put their faith and trust unto him. And the rest, there is consequences of that sin and not deciding to follow him. We're going to pick that up, but let's, let's go there in verse 13. It says this, and we have it up here for you. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. I would hope John the Baptist would consent to what Jesus <laughs> says to do. But we don't always consent. Jesus says, no, I've come to, be, to fulfill all righteousness. Some trans, it is proper for me to be baptized. Now, Jesus did not come 
to be baptized to repent of any sin. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is without sin, but he's come to be a sin offering to take on the sin, my sin and your sin, as an offering at the cross. And so we have a cross up here that when Jesus died on the cross, he became a payment for the penalty of sin, which is the separation from God, which is the consequences of sin, which is death. And when he takes on our sin to be an offering, he pays the price so that we are, you and I, forgiven as we put our trust and faith in Jesus. He's the substitute that takes our place. And so don't, don't miss this part. Of course, we would want to put our faith and trust in Jesus and do as he does. But he came to the waters of baptism to fulfill what was required, what was asked, to fulfill all righteousness. Some would tell you that he came representing in that time of the water of baptism, that he was taking on the sin of the world. And he was beginning the ministry that we hear about and the teaching we hear about. So when he's baptized, he's immersed in the water, and then he's immersed in these years of ministry that we'll see and we teach about, and Pastor Greg and others will teach about. Watch what happens when he comes. Then he, meaning John the Baptist, consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Hold that moment. Jesus comes through the baptism through the water, and then we have Jesus the Son, God the Father speaking as the heavens open up, and the Holy Spirit as a dove resting on him. We have our picture of the Trinity all in one. It's a place in Scripture where you can see all that God is doing, but the Trinity, the three persons in one, there. And to hear God's voice and say, well done. This is my son, whom I am pleased. My, my prayer and our prayer and staff is if you've been baptized and you, you're walking with the Lord, you're following and learning to do what Jesus has done, and you look to the Scriptures to say, what has Jesus done? If you've not been baptized and not been immersed in, in water, but maybe as a child, maybe... Even as an adult, but you've put your trust in Jesus Christ and for five years, 10 years, maybe 15 years, you've not been immersed in waters. I encourage you that the waters of baptism are not just for first-time believers, not just for someone who's just accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. If you've not been immersed, it's fulfilling what God has commanded. It's fulfilling what God has called us to do, not required us. It's too soft of a word. What he commanded us to do is to be baptized. And so maybe you were, and there's lots of different ways and different backgrounds, sprinkled as an adult or prayed over. But the waters of baptism are coming through to be fulfilling of what God has called you to do, to be baptized. There's nothing wrong if you've been a believer for five years, 10 years, or 15 years and have not been baptized. A lot of times we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and then we're baptized. But sometimes we've been walking with the Lord, we've been praying, we've been talking to others even about our Lord Jesus Christ, but we've not been baptized. This morning is for you as well. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. At the end of the gospel, this is called the Great Commission. Matthew 28 is where he speaks again to us. Jesus has paid the price. He's been the sacrifice. He's been crucified on the cross, paid the price for you and I to be forgiven as we put our faith in him, as we put our trust in him. And then he's resurrected from the grave, conquering not only death, but the payment for sin. And then he speaks to his disciples. And he gives them this 
commission, this command. Let's read it together. This is verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of time. If it's a familiar verse, we often teach, and if you've heard Pastor Greg and and you've been hanging around with us, it's when you go, making disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All authority was given to Jesus. He gave it to his disciples to do this. He gives it to us, not just the pastoral staff, to make disciples, to baptize them. And don't miss this. Teaching them everything to obey everything, to observe everything that Jesus taught them, and he's with us. This is the, not only the great commission, it's a commission. I like to teach and share that he's with us as we do this. He gives us the words, he gives us the authority, but he also gives us the power. He enables us, empowers us to do this. He says he goes with us, and I'm with you always to the end of time. That's like perfect timing for the little children to come in. And so as God calls all of us to go out and make disciples, he teaches us and says, I will go with you. And in order to do that, and I'll be the first to share, you cannot live if you've been walking with Jesus Christ, if you put your trust in him, or maybe today you're going to make that decision. You cannot live your life. You cannot raise your children. You cannot live out your life without the power of our Lord and Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit to do that. It's impossible for man, is a phrase I like to hold on to, but it's possible for God. But so many of us put our faith in Jesus Christ, we put our trust in him, and then what do we do? We go back to living the life where it's up to us, on our own strength. We might pray and ask God for help, but we live our lives as if it's up to us in our own power, our own strength. And we're not living out our lives that are surrendered to him and his power to do it. The scripture teaches us that when the Holy Spirit is given to you, he will give you the power to be his witness. He will give you his power to live for him so that he might live through you. And so today when Pastor Greg and I were talking about baptism, we have to understand that baptism, yes, for sometimes that if you make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we come forward, but also the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Understand that I need the Holy Spirit to live my life. I cannot live my life Even though I believe in Jesus Christ and I've put my trust in him, I cannot live my life on my own strength or by my own means. It is impossible. But it's possible to live life through God by relying and surrendering to the authority of Jesus Christ. By surrendering to saying, I need you, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. And I come underneath your authority. And as you come underneath his authority, he promises you the Holy Spirit to empower you to live. To make not only the, the wise choice and the good decisions, but what is pleasing to Father, what is pleasing to God's will. Ready for this? To discern what his will is and what you're to do. Yeah. If you do not come underneath that authority and rely on the Holy Spirit, then we make decisions and choices based on what we think is best. Based on our own strength. Or someone else's counsel or somebody else's wisdom versus seeking God and his word. And we live our lives not through the Holy Spirit, but really through our own means. And so our prayer this morning is, 
Some of you, I'm going to pray, come forward to be baptized, maybe for the first time, because you've put your trust in Jesus Christ. But some of you, I'd like to invite you forward to surrender, and I'm going to pray with you in just a moment, to come under the authority of Jesus Christ as Lord. And when we come under his authority as your Lord, you surrender saying, I need your Holy Spirit to live. Empower me to live. Relying on you. Looking to you. It's impossible to do it on your own. It's impossible for me to do it. But then I surrender to you and live through me. Strengthen me. Empower me then to live through your Holy Spirit. So we're going to take one more passage and then I'm going to pray for you. Let's take a look at Romans. If you have your Bibles, we're turning to Romans chapter 6. So not only has he been baptized, Jesus our Savior and Lord, he commands us to be baptized. In Romans, I want to take a little look together. Because it's a passage that in the context of this passage in chapter 6, if you take some time to go back and read some more, back in chapter 5, they're talking about Adam and Eve and from the beginning of creation, because of their disobedience, because they did not obey God, sin enters the world. And if you don't know that story from the beginning, then they, because of sin, are separated from God. And we, because of sin, are separated from God. And that's why Jesus Christ came, to glorify God and to pay the price so that we are no longer separated from God, but reconciled to him, made right with God. He pays that price. And because one man sinned, the Bible teaches us we have, have sinned. But one man comes to be obedient to God and suffers on a cross. And because of his obedience, we receive the righteousness of God, the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. And that's the passage leading to this. Because Jesus Christ was obedient, we put our faith in him and what he has done. Not what I do, not what, what we do, but because what he's done, it's finished. It's taken care of on the cross. And chapter 6 begins, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life, in a new life with Christ. So we, we share that in baptism, that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the old is gone, it's washed away. The sin that was as red as crimson is washed as white as snow, and that you're risen to a new life in Jesus Christ to walk with him. That baptism is an outward expression of this faith, this trust that we put in Jesus Christ. And through that, it's representing this faith. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit each day to renew me and to help me live so that it's according to him and not my own strength. So we invite you to be baptized this morning through the waters of baptism, but also to receive the Holy Spirit and by the fire as John the Baptist said, what Jesus would do, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to invite the people that are getting ready for baptism, and I'm going to pray for us. Two prayers. Maybe today is the first time you say, I don't know that I put my trust in Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, 
and pray with me. Maybe for the first time, you're going to accept Jesus Christ and say, he died for me so that I could be right with God. He paid the price that I cannot pay. I cannot earn my salvation or earn my way. But he did, and he finished it. And so you're going to put your trust in him. You're going to admit, like others have before you, that they need a Savior, that they believe Jesus died on the cross, and then commit your life to him. The other prayer that I'm going to pray is for the rest of us, that simply we acknowledge and surrender that we come to the authority of Jesus Christ as our Savior, but as our Lord, and that we surrender to come under his authority. And we, we pray that as we come under his authority as the Lord of our lives, we need his Holy Spirit to live. We need his strength to live, not our own. And so we're praying really in a prayer of repentance that I cannot live my life without him. And I'm coming not just in a profession of faith that he's our savior, because you could be walking with Jesus for 20 years, 30 years, your whole life and say, I believed in him, but not come under his authority. And so we're also asking you to pray to come under his authority as Lord of your life. So let's pray together and close your eyes and, and pray with me. The first prayer. God, I know there are people that are always visiting with us who have been part of our family here, but have not put their trust in you. And so as we pray, this first prayer are for those that for the first time are putting their trust in you. You paid the price on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that they would be forgiven of all that they have done and all that they will do because they're putting their faith and trust in what you have done and what you finished on that cross. So Lord Jesus, we pray. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need a Savior. And I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin, making me right with our Lord and Father in heaven paying the price so that I am forgiven. And I commit my life to you, Jesus my Savior. I commit my life to you, Jesus my Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer, you can acknowledge that by talking to us afterwards, coming to us, even coming forward to the waters of baptism. Let me pray the second prayer as we continue in worship. And we'll invite you to the water of baptism. Pray with me to surrender to his lordship, to walk not just as a teenager that comes to Christ for the first time, not as a young child, but as an adult that says, I surrender, and so pray with me. Heavenly Father, I surrender. I believe in you as my Savior, Jesus Christ but I surrender to your authority as my Lord. I come under your authority and cannot live life on my own. I need your Holy Spirit to renew me, to empower me to live. So I surrender and come to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. 
you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England. Or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 